When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market where they're open for business. Serving hot, fresh food 24-7. Look at Moan shaking his head over oh there. Oh, my God. Moan's reading up on the news on this Monday. What do you got, Moan? What do you got? Oh, everybody was celebrating and also asking questions of why and how how Kyla Murray held the Arizona Cardinals at a ransom's fee and got paid still for a guy that hasn't won a postseason game. And there was also rumors that he wasn't a great leader and he didn't watch film. And that second part is why I am laughing. Because people get material, DK, like us. We find this contract is public knowledge. I've always been a guy say, you know what? There's one thing about the NFL. The contracts are public knowledge for everybody. And in his contract, they have made it mandatory for a for him to watch at least four hours of independent film. I have never seen this a day in my life. Whoa, 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 whoa. Four hours of independent film study per week. Per week. Per week. That's, a, that's about 40 minutes a day. This is mandated into a contract that is paying this young man. Yeah. Where's the dollar figure on this? $230.5 million over a seven-year span. Uh, well, actually, it's it's five-year span, and there is other stuff in there. But of course. This is this – is, uh, look yeah. at what you're saying if you're the Cardinals. Look at what you're acknowledging. Oh. Oh my gosh, man. Like, that's one thing that players that are great always, I was a student of the game. You've heard me say this on this show, DK, man. Like, I didn't feel good if I didn't watch film. For them to put this into his contract that says you're required to watch four hours at least, at minimum, a week. A week. Also, <laughs> in a this quarterback. <laughs> Also, it says this in, in, in section three, for the avoidance of doubt, like they know you're going to try to trick us. Players should not receive any credit for independent study with respect to any time periods during which material is displayed or played on the iPad or electronic device. Player is not personally studying or watching the material while it's been displayed or player is engaged in any other activity that might distract his attention, meaning he Such can't watch as. TV. He can't play video games or browse the internet 
Pittsburgh, you're, you're worried about Kenny Pickett's small hands. Damn that, man. No. We got a guy that won't be a pro here. At least Kenny, we know, is a pro and is a student of the game, DK. The you quarterbacks. Know, let's do this, Moan, because we're on the eve of training camp. I'm heading out to Latrobe tomorrow uh, yeah. for a reporting date. Uh, really excited about it. And we're going to see and hear from the quarterbacks. We're going to yeah. hear from Kenny. We're going to hear from Mitch Trubisky. We're going to hear from Mason Rudolph. And now I know you don't know all of these guys. Yeah. But to your knowledge and just based on your time with Ben Roethlisberger, with yeah. Mason, uh, and with any other quarterbacks, the guys that have been around here, Byron Leftwich, Charlie Batch, and so forth in the background, uh, have you ever seen a quarterback have a problem with no. this? No, and this is why it's so comical to me. And also why, I, you know, I, I was talking to a buddy of mine earlier. It's like, you know, this is the type of stuff. This is the type of stuff you get from the Arizona Cardinals or you get from the <laughs> Cleveland Browns or you get from the Jacksonville. Like these type of organizations is where you get this type of stuff from because there is so much instability. And DK, you know this, too. There is the want and need for the franchise guy. Collar hasn't done much. They started off fire hot last year, and then they died off, did they not? And I wonder why. Now, you've given me the ammo to kind of say, whew, I wonder why they fell off, and it's probably because he doesn't watch and study his opponent. I've never seen Landry. I've never seen Mason. I've never seen Josh Dobbs. I've never seen Dennis Dixon. I've never seen uh, uh, Byron Leftwich, Charlie Batch. There's a multitude of guys that have come and walked Mettenberger was even their early as hell, okay? Duck was a huge film studier. I'm naming off all of these Pittsburgh guys that watched film and took the job of that position very serious. And we've, to my knowledge, never had that issue before. But of all positions, Moan, you know, yeah, with man. all due respect to what, what you did as a craft and the, and the different things that you guys had to study in films, both from an individual and a collective standpoint, how to handle yeah. certain things that you saw, the quarterback. Yeah, man. Okay? The quarterback, just in studying the other team's safety movements yeah. alone – Mm-hmm. Just in that, because they've got to make a decision like this based on yeah. something that they can't completely be prepared for in the moment. They just yeah. can't. Uh, it, it, it's crazy to me. I have to ask you something. You just I, you just made a reference to how did you put it about a franchise guy? They want to manufacture a franchise guy or something like yeah, that? They want to manufacture a guy that's a franchise guy. Like those organizations hadn't really had that, DK, consistently. You know, I have a term for this. What's that? And I've used it for years. It's called Andy Dalton syndrome. You <laughs> know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Give me, give me a little Andy, bit more, though. Here's, here's why. Because Andy Dalton had – look, Andy had his moments, okay, yeah. especially early on. The Bengals were built most – those Bengals were built mostly on defense and all those yes. wacky guys they had on that side of the ball. But Andy was your quarterback, okay? He wasn't a franchise quarterback. The Bengals wanted him to be a franchise quarterback, and therefore they paid him franchise quarterback money just so that they could have a franchise quarterback. Guess what was missing from that equation? What's that? He's not a franchise quarterback. <laughs> he's stop any kind of anything. Okay, he's just I know, not. I know. It's 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 a almost like you're you're making a self fulfilling prophecy. You're hoping for one. 
you know? Yeah. And Kyler Murray, I got to tell you, Kyler Murray moan. Yeah. Uh, he's a guy that I mean, everybody knows that he also was into baseball, kind of like mm-hmm. a first a, round a pick. First round pick. And a lot of people thought that actually he'd go into baseball, that that baseball was his first love. And I watched him face the Steelers out in Glendale. Yeah. And I got to tell you, all I was thinking to myself through that whole game was this dude's going to still end up in baseball. Because he didn't really? even look like he wanted to be out there. And I kept saying that to Dale Lolly next to me. He doesn't even look like he wants to be out there. Now, wow. he ended up being better than that, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He got himself a nice rhythm with obviously a couple of pretty good receivers that he's got. But at the same time, man, how? How does this happen? DK, I know we're coming up on it, man. So coming up in this next section, session, we'll have to discuss more on why the quarterback is or is not the reason you succeed. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. Uh, you know, it is the eve of training camp. Uh, it is the eve of being back in Latrobe for the first time in three years. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure... The players who've been out there before are looking forward to it. Maybe even some of the guys who hadn't been there before uh, would be looking forward to it based on other stuff that they've heard. But, Moan, more than anything, let's not kid ourselves here. We can analyze this, that, and everything else sideways. It still comes down to that one position. It does. Um, and, and, and why is that? Why? Give me something other than the obvious or most important position in sport. Well, no kidding. But why? What makes it that? It's the face of the franchise for the most part. These are just like the aesthetic things. It's the face of it. Um, it, It's the guy that's naturally supposed to be the leader. It's the guy that's going to hold the ball every play. Like we give credit to the center. You know, the center's going to hold. That's because they want to make the big guys feel important on the field. Like the center holds the ball every play, but the quarterback is the one everybody's watching hold the ball unless it's a snap fumble, man. Um, And and just, DK, plays can be, like teams can be broken. You know what I'm saying? If you have a really good quarterback, like imagine that that year, and I'll, for, I'll forever reference this man when Patrick Mahomes, when we could call him Pat back then, came into Pittsburgh and we had a monstrous defense, and our offense was good. Defense wasn't monstrous; defense was on the come up, but the offense we had was damn good. Okay, and and lo and behold, we put up forty plus points or thirty. I think our goal was like thirty five or thirty eight a game, and we did that and still lost to Patrick Mahomes. That's why. The quarterback is so important. We could go and beat Kansas City, man. I mean, seriously, it wasn't a thing to go beat them. Ah, oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, who was it? Alex Smith was the quarterback. Oh, psh, we'll go get this dub. They're going to be hard because the crowd is loud. But the quarterback means the most because he can make plays with his arm for the chunk plays or either just the rhythm of the offense. It goes a little bit smoother. Everything just comes together a lot better. You have guys that are mediocre wide receivers that turn into stars. You have guys that are already stars turn into superstars. You have an offense that buds like none other because of one guy. I don't know any other position. There are 10 guys hitting a running back on every play. A quarterback can still get rid of the ball and complete passes down the field or throw an incomplete pass to not hurt the offense. That's why they're so important, DK, and that's why we are eyeballing the the, the position challenge that they have in, in uh, Latrobe this weekend. And not just that, that's why we laughed at the Kyler Murray thing. And also reference to you like Lamar Jackson. You know, like there's a lot that goes into that position as far as what teams want to do with them and not want to do with them too. Yeah, that's... 
You know, I, I, I think of it more almost like as a chemical reaction thing, which is like you said, there's only one person, well, other than the center who touches the ball on every <laughs> play. Well, as we remember from the playoff game uh, mm-hmm. at home yeah, against <laughs> Cleveland, th- that does matter too, you know, when, when, when Marquise had the snap over Ben's head. Uh, but w- when you think about how everything funnels through the one individual and then from yeah. there the decisions that come out and you can put whatever words you want into his helmet beforehand radio and everything else yeah. here that thing goes off when yep. the ball is snapped and when those guys if the other team decides to do some you know crazy stunted blitz that nobody recognizes and they're all coming for you all that prep and everything doesn't do you much good it's it's still yeah. the quarterback operating on instinct and i you know, one thing you and I have talked about a lot here is that 7.5 wins figure, okay? Yeah. And why is it where it is? Uh, I was on a, a, a national radio show with Trey Wingo and Mark Schlereth the other day, and I asked them that question, and their answer was real simple. They just said, quarterback. And they didn't <laughs> apologize for it. They didn't – like it was, yeah. it was Schlereth who came back, and he said, listen – we can know or we can have faith in Mitch Trubisky or Kenny yeah. Pickett or whoever. Doesn't matter. We're talking about betters here. Betters mm-hmm. just see that Ben Roethlisberger is not there and somebody else is. That's true. That's that's so true. And so to your point, though, DK, you remember I've always kind of said um, when you have that type of guy as far as being on the quarterback, to your point about the betters, we used to just live by the model. And I heard a coach say this. The franchise guy is supposed to win you half if not more than half or very close to half of the games, just on him just being there. And the rest of the team is supposed to carry you the rest of the way. The franchise wow. guy is supposed who to get you, you close to half. I will not disclose who it was. Oh, okay. That All was right. an NFL coach that said it. Look, when you got the guy, he's supposed to win you about half of the games by himself in his presence and being there. Damn. You think about it. What has Pittsburgh kind of done? You know, fourth or, quarter or comebacks, the, fourth quarter or, comebacks, or freaking Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes or Tom Brady or or the or Aaron Rodgers. They win you half by themselves, and the rest of the team does the rest. Like the reason we walked around with so much confidence is because we had him. No matter what you thought about it, was because we had Ben, and that was that mindset that was given to us. Win half by yourself, and we'll do the rest. Like that's why we're so that's why it's so important, man. And I can see teams scrambling, like you said, two, like Kyler Murray in a sense. Again, two hundred and thirty and a half, and then you got Cleveland giving two thirty. And also looking at Lamar's situation in, in Baltimore, like we don't know what that's going to be, but the the levels in which they operate is totally different between those organizations, man. So we'll forever speak about this position, DK. How did uh, how did Mike Tomlin actually he would phrase it what you're describing there he would say how were you able to do this how do we have this how did that happen because we have seven that's what he'd say <laughs> yeah you could hear him say yeah he, because we have seven we have seven well we don't have seven this year um, we have an eight and uh, what's Mitch 14, wearing three fourteen Mitch is fourteen um, I'm trying to and think here Mason's obviously is- two. And he is 10. Yeah. Oh, no. Mitch is 10. Mitch is 10. Mitch is yeah. 10. Okay. There we go. We'll get it. We'll yeah. Get it. You know what? We're going to see them all. We're going to see them all out there tomorrow. Mitch is 10. Kenny's eight. Uh, Mason's two. And Chris Oladokun 
uh, for those who are keeping track, is, is going to be five. That one I did remember. See, I remember Ola Doken, but I don't remember Mr. Trubisky. <laughs> because I told you to. You remember that? <laughs> when we come back, it's time for the only segment that matters. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. Time for the only segment that matters, the Hey Moan segment. And today's comes from Ryan Stanley. And Moan, you are going to love this one. You said I would. The timing is immaculate. Ryan says, Hey Moan, I'm a new dad of a son about four weeks ago. So I'm champing at the bit to start throwing anything at all that has a stitch in it. What position does your son play? And what is your favorite part? Of being a dad, my brother. Man, first and foremost, congratulations, okay? I, I got to say that. Welcome to the world. Kids are beautiful. I'll tell you this, too. Your life is no longer your life, okay? <laughs> That's what I will tell you. DK, he grunts because he know I'm true <laughs> on that one. If you're submitting yourself to your kids, meaning you're cultivating them to, and to being productive citizens, I don't care if they become a doctor, NFL player, NBA player, MLB, it doesn't matter. Firefighters just have them be productive citizens in this society that we live in. So, on to sports. I fought football for a long time with my kids and still have a rule. My youngest is is probably want to punch me because of we don't play football in my house until the seventh grade. That's because that's when I played and I turned out okay. Uh, I'll say this, depending on what your kid does, if your kid is a small, fast kid on the field, guess what? The coach is just going to give him the ball and he's just going to run wild around the field as far as football goes. If he's the big kid, there are no real coaches for kid linemen, youth linemen. There just aren't. I call it fallen bodies. It's I don't want to call it a disgrace. <laughs> I don't want to call it a disgrace, but they I saw one guy tell a kid, you bigger than him. You just supposed to push him like this with the forearms. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I, I almost lost my mind. Okay. Seventh grade is when I suggest anybody letting their kids play or do flag football. I am the world's best flag football coach, okay? At least that's okay. what I'm going to tell myself. I have heard this. <laughs> My kids love me, and this is why they love me. I have fun with them, but I'm firm. And this is the other part of it, too. Flag football can get real gimmicky with a reverse here, reverse here, or just giving it to the fast kid on the field. No, I'm teaching them football stuff, okay? This is why we line up this way. This is why we catch. Okay, this is what we do after we catch. We don't run back as we run forward. I do all of those things. Uh, my oldest now, though, if you ask me what position did he play, he plays uh, tight end slash wide receiver on offense. And from my understanding, because I don't go to the practices, they're a middle school team, and I don't want to be the dad on top of the hill in my truck watching practice. Uh, but he's well, been more the former NFL player sitting in the yeah, truck on what, the hill what watching a the microscope practice. Microscope yeah. looking at yeah, the coach. Nobody, nobody wants that. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't want that. Um, but he plays outside linebacker slash DN, and apparently he is an aggressive little guy. I did not notice. Also. My kid is 6'4", like 170 pounds at 13, so it's it's different for him. Okay, hang on a second. See, reading Ryan's question again, he said anything with a stitch. 
Yeah. And he said, what position does your son play? So I thought we had a nice natural segue here into what your son accomplished this weekend in okay. Southern Alabama. And now you're going to share that with the group. I uh, And that's why I was going to, I'll say for any parent too, start them off in soccer early. Get that energy out of the way. Let them understand that, look, you got to be out here for 30 minutes and then we're going home and you get a snack afterwards. That's about correct too. Um, but he also plays baseball. My kid is a first baseman. He's a he plays third some and he's a heck of a pitcher. This past weekend, he hit a grand slam and pitched a complete game in a perfect game tournament in South Alabama. They didn't hand out a MVP in the same game. He's leaving out. He he did. He had a hell of a weekend. He hit like three home runs. The field was 275. He smoked one into the pond behind the field. I'm talking about a missile. He said the kid uh, that was playing catcher on the team told him, I bet you won't hit it over those trees. And my kid got up. And these kids were pitching uh, about 74, 75 miles per hour also, 76. We clocked them at like 78. Uh, so he good. was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was really, yeah, he he hit it uh, over the trees. And he, I, t- I said, did you look back at him? And he, he smirked. He was like, no, nah, I was just excited in the time. But um, he did good, man. Pitching. Uh, first base, and he plays third, too. Um, but he's in basketball. I say keep him multifaceted. You got me started now, DK, because I'm going to say it's hard to do multiple sports in this day and age because the training is so much different. The era in which these kids have done stuff is year-round for all of them. We just the Specialization is, is what is, it, it is, is the thing that you hear a lot of people who are veteran observers or instructors of youth sports really complain about specialization yeah uh, meaning that they say your kid can just do this just do this just focus on this what makes the kid boring the kid could possibly lose interest because there's too much of the same thing right yeah whereas where now when you talk to head coaches of major league teams and i'm not just talking about football i mean anything i'm including managers in major league baseball they will all say the same thing yeah multiple sports be versatile have different things for different Mm -hmm. seasons learn different skill sets challenge yourself in different ways the kid's brain can handle all of that they just can And and give your kids a break too. DK also in this same tournament this weekend, <laughs> this one kid in particular was a righty throwing about he was averaging between 74 and 77 miles per hour. And there was a play out there that was the mom told him, Coach, stop having him throw so many curveballs. The coach buffed at the mom and told her, Hey, I'm the coach. I know what I'm doing. You know what happened on the on the second pitch after that happened? The mm. kid blew his arm out. The kid mm. blew his arm out. They said he dropped down and he went over to the dugout and said, my uh, arm is numb. So I'll say this geez. to you parents that have kids that have pitching kids. Protect your kid. Okay, don't be the helicopter bulldozer parent. But if you know your kid has pitched 70 the first game, 50 this game, and then get back up there for another inning, and you know better, especially the curveball, DK, you know that. Yeah, any of the slow stuff. But, I mean, there's a reason that even in the minor leagues, they're very careful about having their pitchers uh, focus on any off-speed pitch. They want to see fastball command. Put the one down, put the one down, put the one down. We'll get you the junk as you go on. They don't want you wearing down specifically the, the, the pressure that that puts on the elbow 
with yeah. the, uh, that. Why did you have to end look, it? It was such a, I know, such a good I know, show. But I, you I'll say this. That story. My kid did a complete game. Uh, let me give him a little props real quick. He did a complete <laughs> game. He uh, They actually went into extra innings. And he went out there with, they do it. The rules are bases loaded, one out, and he made it with no scored runs. So, and they end up winning the entire tournament this weekend. So, gave up no runs on bases loaded. Moan, I am so happy to say that the next time I talk to you, I'll be standing on a grass hill at St. Vincent College. (laughs) Let's do it tomorrow. I can't wait, man. Seriously.